We are here to study God's Word, and we are going to continue this morning in the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Yes, and we've been doing it for several weeks, and we've been working through it. And um, again, if you're visiting today, you'll hear some back and forth. It's not because um, we are, are so casual, but it's also because it helps us learn as we go through it. And so, um, and I need a lot of help. And so, when I ask those questions, it's uh, I'm waiting for a return answer because sometimes I just forget. You know, I'm getting to that old age, and and so, so who wrote Ecclesiastes? Solomon, yes. At what point in his life did he write it? Near the end. Yep, most scholars agree that it was near the end of his life. It's reflective. He's looking back. Most likely he wrote Song of Solomon early on um, in his life, and then Proverbs somewhere in the middle, and Ecclesiastes near the end. And so it makes sense, uh, especially as this is a reflection of book. Um, it's a hard book in many ways. If you look at it through the lens of a humanistic I, right? If you take God out of the picture, this book is depressing. Just plain and simple, right? I mean, it's, it's drudgery after drudgery. Solomon is lamenting in many ways, the, I think, opportunities that he's missed. But God changes everything, right? And, and again, if you put that back in there, you know, even the, the verse you used this morning, Joe, was perfect for that, right? You have a purpose, right? It is not meaningless, right? It, your life does matter. Things you do matter. And so we've been looking at that as we've been working through the, the different chapters and been, been seeing different areas. And, and Solomon picks out themes for each section, right? Different areas of life, whether it be work, right? We talked about that a little bit about work. We've talked about finances. We've talked about injustice, Right? Even when things seem unjust around us. Right? We've also talked about vows. Last week we talked about your vows, right? If you make a vow to God, let your yes be yes and your no be no, and how important that is. Don't make them lightly. We also talked about listening. I'm still working on that lesson a little bit, right? Listen more than you speak. Right? We, we talked about that. Huh? Yeah, there we go. So, Thanks, Phil. I needed, I needed some help with that one, yes, yeah, so. But we, we did talk about that, and, and that we need to, right? Listen to God. We talked about the importance of prayer, not only asking God for things, but listening for his answer, listening for that guidance. You know, today we have the advantage of having the Holy Spirit, right? We can tap into that and listen to that in that leading. Right? We have his word. We have it completed. Again, we, as wise as Solomon was, we have so much more available to us now. In today's world, right? And where we are, where we've been placed. Not only location, Joe, as you mentioned, but even in time. Right? We, have a lot, we have medical, we have people, we have support, we have churches. We have a lot more at, at hand. We have a completed Bible. We have a, the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us. We have the opportunity to pray and go directly to the Father. So those are things that we have as an advantage, really, more so than Solomon had, even with all his wisdom. Yet Solomon did know God, and he feared him. And so, but as he's reflecting, he's struggling a little bit. And we see that, and chapter 6 is no different as we dive in this morning. And um, 
Some have commented already this morning, there's only 12 verses. Are you going to be able to get a sermon out of it? And John's hoping that it's a short sermon because he has a, a date with the boat launch. And so we'll see what we can do about making that. If I have to complete all these drinks, maybe not. You may be a little late. So, Oh, that's true. Good incentive. Verse 1, chapter 6. I've seen another evil under the sun. And it weighs heavy, heavily on mankind. God gives some people wealth, possessions, and honor so that they lack nothing their hearts desire. But God does not grant them the ability to enjoy them. And instead, strangers enjoy them. This is a meaningless, grievous evil. Interesting way of looking at it, right? But... If you ever think about it, and, and sometimes it's hard for us to imagine, but can you imagine someone that has everything, right? You know, we're going to be watching the Super Bowl later on, right? Those athletes are not poor um, by no means, right? They have lots of money. There's also fame, right? There's some swift girl that's going to be there. That's all you can hear about, right? Right, but... There's fame. They're they're celebrities, right? They have wealth. They have everything that they could possibly have. They they have great physical bodies, usually not uh, smart or uh, any diseases. They have what would normally, by the world standard, have everything. Yet, sometimes and quite often, they can't enjoy it. Sometimes the most miserable people are people that have everything, right? They're, they're either worried about getting more or they're worried about holding on to what they have, right? I actually dipped back into that a little bit, chapter 5 last week, right? We, we talked about sometimes when you can lose something even through it's not your own fault, right? We talked about bad investments. It's amazing what's in Ecclesiastes when you start looking at it and then you try to pull it forward a little bit and you can see some of the, the underpins, right? But talked about that even having wealth, you, you can't hold on to it and you certainly can't take it with you. So I think that's part of what Solomon's looking at here and it's interesting. He says he gives it to them, right? He allows them to have it, yet they can't enjoy it. How sad that is, Right? And it took a little bit of time and reflecting that, but how many times are we given things and we don't take time to enjoy it? Right? The old saying, smell the roses, right? Take the moments to enjoy what we have. There's good scriptural standing that we can do that. We're, we're allowed to enjoy what God has created, what God has given us. It's okay. Not that you may need my permission, but Scripture gives that permission. So many times I think we think as believers that we're, we're almost like we've got to be guarded. We can't enjoy too much, right? We've we got to be worried about the next thing or, not, or doing it right. Or we get caught into following all the commandments that we, we kind of lose our joy in things. And yet, God wants us to enjoy them. He gives us things so that they can be enjoyed. And so he's, how sad that is, and, and Solomon calls it out, and certainly Solomon is on the other side of this, right? If you know the story of Solomon, he was not lacking for anything. Certainly at this point in his life, arguably the richest man on earth as well, not only being the wisest, but the richest. 
People kept giving and giving and giving to him, and they would give him gifts for his wisdom. They would come from other nations for him to make rulings. He was wealthy. He had a lot. He had his palaces, and he, he had a lot of wives to keep up with, but he had a lot to do that with. We've talked about that, right? It's not a good idea. One wife, one man, that's how it's intended to be, and there's a reason for that. So, One of these struggles, not so wise decisions. But he had everything, yet he's struggling with the joy. And I, I think he's struggling looking back and saying, you know, I, I kind of was, was so ambitious and so going after it that I didn't enjoy the moments. I missed opportunity to enjoy them. And so if you don't take anything else out of these first couple of verses, take time to enjoy what God's given us. It's okay. Go fishing. Yeah. If that brings you joy, certainly. Even on hard water. Just check the ice first, all right? Sorry, if you don't know, I love open water fishing. That's one of my other hobbies and things that I enjoy doing and love watching the sunrise come up. I also enjoy taking other people out. In fact, I was reminiscing when I took Kenny out fishing, actually, and he took a picture of my fish for me. So that was nice of him. No, I'm just kidding. He caught, caught some, too. That's why I take them fishing. Someone needs evidence, yes, yeah, so. <laughs> to take my pictures, yes. It's all meaningless, yes. <laughs> Ouch! All right. Verse 3, John. It says, A man may have a hundred children and live many years, yet no matter how long he lives... He cannot enjoy his prosperity and does not receive proper burial. I say that a stillborn child is better off than he. Wow. All right, talked about wealth and money. Those are material things. And now he gets down to what about family, right? Enjoying our families. Again, certainly we should do that, right? But how many times do we miss that opportunity as well? not spending enough time with them or not spending good time with them. One of the things with, with parenting, we, we talk about, right, it's, it's, it's proper and it's good to discipline our children, and we need to do that, right? But we don't want to do it to the point of that we don't enjoy them or let them have some fun, right? It's okay that Enoch throws a duck for the sixth time and someone else has to pick it up. It's okay. Right? I would much rather have that distraction than him just sitting there and being afraid of speaking out. But even as parents, right? Yesterday we had, uh, some of you let us play with your church kids here, and man, did we have fun yesterday. We had a blast with them. They, uh, they enjoyed stuffing Pastor Charlie with balloons, and Jason uh, wanted to hit me with a pie in the face for some reason. I don't know why, but he was working hard on that, but that didn't happen, so... Kind of hoping like the Gatorade thing, it may not happen. <laughs> yes, Steve helped me, yeah. I've lost a lot of weight since yesterday, so. You know, that looks like fun. PJ had much more fun popping the balloons inside, you know, with a pin, so. Uh, yeah. Ah, another idea for another time. Thanks, Michelle. But we had fun. Huh? <laughs> there was a lot of air in there, yes. 
but having fun, right? I, I had fun with the kids yesterday. It was a joy to play, have, have the kids and just be goofy and silly and play games and, and just have, have a great time. And that's part of their artwork over there on the wall that they uh, were working on throughout the day for their Valentine. So if you haven't looked at it, yes, one of them was upside down, but it was on the other side of the table, so it made sense. So, uh. But it's okay to have fun with family, to enjoy them. Right? To spend time with them. It's only a brief time. And he compares it to someone who's not even been born. Like, like if you're not going to enjoy them, it's better off that you're not even here. Right? It's, it's a tragedy in many ways. Again, we miss opportunities. And Solomon is saying, I've missed opportunities in my life. I've missed opportunities with my family. You don't have to go very far into looking in Scripture that Solomon's sons ran amok real soon, right? They tore the, the kingdom apart and overtaxed the people, was hated, right? We're nowhere near the king that Solomon was. And so Solomon is probably has some regrets here because he didn't spend enough time with his family. Verse 4. It comes without meaning, it departs in the darkness, and in darkness its name is shrouded. Though it, never, I, though it never saw the sun nor knew anything, it has more rest than that does the man. Even if he lives a thousand years twice over but fails to enjoy his prosperity, do they not all go the same place? He's drawing that comparison again or that contrast between the two. Kind of a bleak picture, right? It's, it's sad, and, and you see why he calls it, it's, it's evil, right? It's grievous. And again, without God, it can be meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Oil, he uses often here. Verse 7, everyone's toil is for their mouth, yet their appetite is never satisfied. You'll laugh, but I put in my notes here. That's what salad does for me. It's like, I, I just, or Chinese food, right? How many of you had Chinese food? You know, you can have a buffet, fill up, and a couple hours later, you're, you're hungry again, right? You that don't know, salad does nothing for me at all. So PJ's not here, so I'm safe in saying that, but I think she knows my feeling on that. Although my doctor says I may need to eat a little more salad, so we'll see. But, but isn't that the way with food, right? As soon as we eat it, as soon as we have it, then we're looking for the next, right? It's never satisfied. It's that, that constant, you know, when's the next meal, right? Even with lobster, it's kind of the same way. It can be really good, but boy, I'm looking for the next one not too long after. It's a, it's a toil, right? It's a, it can become... A hardship if that's all we're doing is chasing or looking forward to. And I think part of that is goes back to what he said earlier about enjoying that, right? Enjoying the food we have in front of us. Enjoying the moment. Let's see, food, yeah, prosperity. Hey, if we have family with us while we're eating, that's actually a, a, a nice bonus, right? Again, fellowship is part of that. And having those around us, so important. But otherwise, 
it seems meaningless. Verse 8, what advantage have the wise over the fools? What do the poor gain by knowing how to conduct themselves before others? Better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. It's the ninth time that he said that, chasing after the wind, right? It's that, that it's a word that lets us know that without God, it's a fool's errand, right? It's never going to be satisfied. You're never going to have enough. You're never going to be able to eat enough good food. You're never going to have enough money. Never going to be able to do enough, right? It has no purpose, which, again, Joe's verse was key to that, right? You do have a purpose. It is meaningful, even down to what we eat, who we spend time with, and what we do. It has purpose, right? It has meaning when we put it into the context of using our family father, right? What God uses to do that with, right? That's where the purpose comes in. What does God have for that in that purpose? Speaking of food, right? Having a meal, enjoying someone, you can have a good conversation with them, right? Or maybe bringing someone a meal who's not able to prepare one. Forces you to spend time together. Food's a great connector in many ways. I love Franny's raspberry pies, so I just had one recently, so right? But it's an act of love, right? That, that, that sacrifice. So food has importance when done for the purposes of God, right? When God instructs us and uses even those things. Therefore, it's not meaningless. Verse 10, as we're rounding down through this chapter, it says, whatever exists has, or, or exists or has already been named. And what humanity has, has been known, no one can contend with someone who is stronger. The more the words, the less the meaning. And how does this profit anyone? It's a kind of an interesting section, and I, I had to really dig a little bit deeper in the God's sovereignty, right? Find out of that, and when I got to the end, I really kind of came up with God's sovereignty, Right? Right, when you look at these couple of verses here, right? If, if I take God out of it, it doesn't make sense. It has no meaning, right? But putting God's sovereignty back in it, he is the one that's in control. He's the one that is stronger. He's the one that, that has meaning in his word, in his words, Right? But then if you take the last sentence in chapter 11, then how does that profit anyone, right? We, we strongly emphasize here and encourage and, right, reading God's word, right? Because that's the instruction book. That is the wisdom. That is what guides us, his word. But if you don't read it, it doesn't profit you any, Right? It has no impact. It leaves you stranded. And certainly, I know the, the more words I speak, the more I can get myself in trouble. That happens often, right? 
I think that's back to that listening thing. That helps in that a little bit, right? But right, sometimes more words doesn't clarify something. It doesn't help. Simply put, sometimes right from the heart is the best. And God does that. He does that not only with his word that we have here, but even our words that we speak to each other, we need to be mindful of that, right? Too many words does not often help in a lot of situations. So there's a lot you can look into that. There was a lot more in those verses as I was kind of marinating on them and working through them this week. Verse 12. For who knows what is good for a person in life? During the few and meaningless days they pass through like a shadow. Who can tell them what will happen under the sun after they are gone? Time. Solomon's talking about our life and time. It's limited. We only have so much time. And again, we've talked over and over again about how our time matters to God. How we spend our time is important. Right? To God. Not to be wasted in about our life being like a shadow, right? It's, it's only there for a short time. And then the sun passes and night comes and there's no shadow, right? It's gone. It's a brief moment in time. And so it's important to reflect, but also to evaluate how we spend our time. Are we wasting it? Are we not doing what God's wants us to do with it. You say, well, wait a minute, child. You were telling me to enjoy life, right? You were, you were saying that earlier, right? Yeah, there, there's both of those. You can enjoy life and still be in God's purpose. Then you can enjoy it too much or waste it and be out of God's will and his purpose as well. There's, there's, there's got to be a healthy tension there between the two, Right? Enjoying, but doing what God tells us and working and doing those things that are not so enjoyable. But there's got to be that healthy tension between both of them that keeps us right in the middle of his will. And again, it's short. It's only a short amount of time. Yet, Amy, you said it again this morning. I know you were over and over again, right? In light of eternity, it's not short, right? It's short physically, but spiritually, heaven goes on beyond that. We were talking to the kids about that yesterday. We were talking about eternal life. We were studying John 3.16 and that eternal life and how big that is. And um, Thankfully, there's no one here that was here yesterday that was teaching. There was hand motions that went with the whole verse, but I can't remember them all. But, but I remember the eternity was as big as your arms could go and beyond as we were explaining it to the kids. So yes, we are short here and we only have a short purpose, but in light of eternity, we have a lifetime and beyond. And so make the most of the time that we have here for doing what God wants us to do. Thus, we round the bend and we close out on chapter 6. Kind of a lot to think about, a lot of its perspective and 
retrospective and, and evaluation on your part. So I give that to you as homework. But the couple things that we have covered this morning, right, is enjoy, right? It's okay to enjoy some of the good things that God's given us. Enjoy the moments. Enjoy your family. Enjoy the time that you've been given, right? It's okay. The other part of it is don't get caught up in the toil, in the providing, in the work, in the day-to-day and losing sight of who God is and what God has for you and that purpose that he has in each and every one of your lives. Two things, just two, but they're big things. May God help you with that as you reflect on that this week. Bow with me, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you so much for your word that digs deep. Lord, we are thankful that you give us things that we can enjoy, that you bless us beyond belief many times. Lord, also help us as we reflect on our time that we, how we spend it, Lord, that we may be fulfilling the purpose you have for each and every one of us. Lord, I thank you for each and every person that's here today, Lord, and Lord, that you brought them here and that you knew in your sovereignty that they would be here today, hearing your word and worshiping you in everything that we do. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.